Blog Talk Radio. This is Jay Lethal, the undisputed champion of the wrestling world. John Sullivan. His Babs, I Boosie. Michael Thompson talking. The phenomenal AJ Styles. Jerry Rose. Psycho Killer, Kamasa Champa. This is Matt Blair. Thank you for listening to Sportscast Radio. Sportscast Radio. Welcome to Sportscast Radio. Song is right, Elijah. We ain't going nowhere. Well, we, I know we could be. We went somewhere going. for a while. <laughs> we, we've been on a hiatus, well, if you will. We were gone for a while. We went somewhere. Yeah, the uh, I think the last show that we did was back. Uh, Luke and I interviewed Jeffrey Knox from Inside the Eagles about the Philadelphia Eagles and their playoff uh, chances. So it would have been January of 2022 was the last show we had. Or 2023, maybe. <laughs> what was the last show that I was on? Ooh. Ooh. 2020? 2019? 2020? <laughs> it was a it's while. It's been a while. It's been a while. But then we're back. We got... We we got sportscast coming at you, and we also we're gonna split this shit in half tonight. We got standing eight count, and and while there might not be the amazing world beater time in boxing right now, that kind of just happened a few months ago, and we we missed it. We're just gonna talk boxing, whether it's you know a fifteen minute conversation, an hour conversation. We're just gonna talk it, man, because it feels good to talk boxing. It feels good to talk to you, Elijah, and and I have to make sure that boxing is implied in this regardless of the fact of you know we're we're just doing a show right <laughs> yes 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 <laughs> so obviously we're starting with that sports cast first and i think the obvious way to start is kind of what you brought up to me on the text about the running kind of a layout and that is i think we basically have seen the end of an era of our boy, our guy, Mr. Kirk Cousins. Uh, I don't know, man. I thought about it more in the last couple of days, and this injury might open the door for him to come back. Do you think? I mean, where, like, where are you? Where are you think? Are you like another, another team? You think we bring him back? I mean, no, I'm saying I think he might come back to us. Good. Like, I think. Because his asking price is going to be probably much lower now. Yep. You know, and he might feel like he was having his best season and finally kind of getting some protection and, Mm -hmm. you know, really coming into form with having, like, the same coach and the same offense. Like, it felt like everything was, like, starting to click who knows if he doesn't come back to us because his market value is probably not going to be as high as it would have been. Say he came back and led the Vikings to the playoffs and was in the MVP race and like had probably what most people would say his best season of his career, you know, that would probably open it up for him to have, a lot more options and probably make a lot more money 
in free agency, but you got to look at it this way. He's, what, 35, 36? Mm-hmm. Achilles, Achilles injury, which is now, like, the injury you don't want to get because it's one of the hardest ones now to re- to recover from. Like, people would much rather get, like, ACLs, torn ACLs and stuff than get Achilles injuries. So... He, it could open the door for him to come back. And who knows? I mean, he loves Minnesota. He might not want to move his family. He might feel like he has some unfinished business, you know, especially if the Vikings are able to get something done with Justin Jefferson. And, yeah, I mean, who knows? But I think this injury might have opened the door for him to come back a little bit easier. Do you, do you think too, and, and this is something that, that I've always defended when, you know, I've played Homer for, you know, Captain Kirk, but look at when, when we beat San Francisco, what was the first thing? Did, did you watch any of the press conference, like not the press conference, but like after the game when they interviewed Cousins, were you watching it all still? Uh, no, but I heard about, are you talking about how Justin Jefferson Came up to the interview, came up to him in the interview, and gave him the chain. Yeah, the top who's, ten chain. Who's his number one supporter? That isn't Ryan Cook. It's Justin Just, Jefferson, man. Yeah. Like, if you want to keep Justin Jefferson around, why would you not bring back his quarterback, who's not playing bad, who's good, who's you don't have to force this. Like, I understand this is the draft that everybody wants these quarterbacks. You know, it's another one of those kind of drafts. And I'm, I'm with it. I would love a Michael Penix. You know, I really like Shadur Sanders. Who wouldn't want Caleb Williams? But it's just so nice to go to the draft, not having to worry about that. Yeah, it is. And I mean, who knows even even with Kirk out, who knows, we might even be in position to draft a guy like Penix, like outside the top five, if our continue our season kind of continues the way it is, you know, mm-hmm. and we'll have our quarterback of the future and maybe have cousins for another year or two. But yeah, it would, I would be all for him coming back and you know me, I'm another, uh, I'm a Kirk Oboe, as, yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> as Dan Barrero would say. But I, I don't know, man. It's, that guy just is probably one of the most underappreciated athletes I think I've ever seen. Yeah, it's mind-numbing how much people try to find the blame on him. You know what I mean? Oh, it's his fault. Well, Why do well, you always I mean, blame he, him? They are, and I mean, he's had he's had his bad games in like in losses. I mean, Buffalo, the season opener against, against was that the season opener when they played Buffalo, and he was terrible. And the that was like Josh Allen's first start, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Like are you back it, back uh, way back. Yeah. Or I mean, like I think he he had a pretty bad game against Philadelphia, like in his tenure with the Vikings, or. I both years, to be fair. We we yeah. played them two years in a row on, like, Sunday or Monday night, and we've lost both times. And, I mean, yeah, he's had his share of bad games, which quarterback doesn't. Mm-hmm. 
But one thing that cracks me up is that people will rag on him when he plays bad in losses, but when he plays outstanding in losses and the loss has nothing to do with him, they say nothing about it. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody wants to throw him roses. They just want to shit on him. Like this year in Philadelphia, was that was that loss his fault? Was he probably the best player for the Vikings that game? Or how about the Chargers loss this year? Mm-hmm. Or if you go way back, um, I can't remember what year it was, but they were playing in Green Bay. And he was just dropping dimes all over the place, and they lost. They lost the game because Carlson missed like two field goals, and like I believe, one of the field goals would have been the game winner that they kind of drove down the field to get, and Carlson missed it, or they got into field goal range and Carlson missed it, and that would have won him the game. Or let's see here, the primetime game against Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. He was really good that game, but. For some reason, Mike Zimmer somehow kept getting Anthony Barr covering Cooper Cup. He just felt like, I don't know, man. Like, he just, yeah, I think a lot of it's national media driven. And some of those, too, that, you, you know, when you look at it, what always gets me is it's, it's, nobody, nobody talks about, when we lost the first game of the season to the Buccaneers, um, that he hit KJ Osborne at the one yard line and they just took his shit like it was his lunch. They just yep. stole it out of his hand. Ah oh, man, if Cousins would have got that in the end zone. No, he doesn't. He hit the guy and all that dude has to do is take one step back and it's a touchdown. Yeah. What you or know what game? you go ahead. No, you're sorry, you go ahead. You you, you look at the Philly game. He hits Justin Justin Jefferson, who drops a, a diving catch. Now it was a hard catch, but he drops that catch. We lose the Philly twenty three seventeen, I believe. He makes that catch. We win the game. So now we beat in Philly. Did Jefferson then, drop it, or did Jefferson it was, drop it, or did he, or did he like, did he try extending in the end zone? And he no, just it was, like it was like a diving catch that he just couldn't keep his hands. Like it was just oh. bobbled. Like it was a tough catch. Like I'm not. Look, I only I exa- I make it seem easy because it's Jefferson. If it was anyone yeah. else, I'd be like, ah, the guy probably wasn't going to catch it. But that's what I'm like. Oh, I'm just trying to remember because there also was a play in that Eagles game when Jefferson like tried extending the ball over the goal line and just mm-hmm. lo- lost the ball, and it was well, a maybe, touchback. Maybe that was it then. Maybe that was yeah, it. Yeah, like like he he caught the ball and was running and tried like extending, and he just lost lost the ball before like his knee hit the ground or something and the ball rolled out of the end zone and it was a touchback. So that's two, that, that should have been two wins for cousins. Yeah. And or how, that game, that game, that you mentioned the Chargers. remember, remember with the chargers game, TJ Hawkinson couldn't hold on to anything. He fumbled. I think he had two fumbles and he had a drop in the end zone. They lost by like four. Yeah. Where's, where's then, that? It's not Kirk's fault. No, and then the game. What game was it when they had seven drops? I think that was as a team. Okay, like Hawkinson had four. Mm -hmm. Osborne had a cup. Like, yeah, I think that was was those games or that game. 
The, there's only one game that, like, I legit totally think we lost in. Um, and, and that was the uh, – oh, no, scratch, scratch that. Remember the Chiefs game when, when they, they took their helmets off in the end zone? Oh, yeah. And, and the ref goes, put your helmet back on. Yeah. <laughs> like, where, where's, where's, the, where's the call on that one? Yeah. Oh, I mean, there is one. There is one game where I could, where I remember where Kirk Cousins played pretty bad. I'm like, God damn it, Kirk Cousins! It was the game in Green Bay when he overthrew like Stephon Diggs like three times. Oh. <laughs> and Dalvin Cook had that like 80 yard touchdown run, I think. And mm-hmm. and like Stephon Diggs was getting just. Irate, but like Kirk Cousins just <laughs> could not hit him that that game. But that was a bad game. So I mean, I was just weird. People who seem to think people who think that and that was guys like year like, one, so they just didn't have chemistry. Yeah, you know? and people like people like who think that just because we don't think Kirk Cousins is terrible, think that we're like Kirk Obos or just just stupid, just they listen to the national media and they don't like, it doesn't seem like they really watch the games with like a clear eye. If you think about everything, Cousins, Minnesota's defense has been absolutely terrible since Kirk Cousins got here. Just like awful. Like not like Vikings defenses have been in the past. He's been one of the most, hit quarterbacks and has one of the worst offensive lines in the league his entire time here. And he still doesn't miss games. And he still puts up numbers. So I I don't know what more you want from a guy. And yeah, you can complain about his contract, I guess, but can you really complain about his contract now? Cause he's basically paid as like a middle of the road quarterback. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, quarterback salaries go up all the time. Like, be mad at it for one year, but the next year it's just going to change. Like, people got people don't under the fact that people don't understand quarterback structured contracts and the way that the, this league is going. I think that's one of the biggest mind boggling things that I have is like these guys when they hit the market are going to get paid more than the last guy who hit the market. That's just a fact. Yeah, and people are just irate. They paid him what? Well, what do you think was going to happen? Yeah. Then don't ask for don't ask for an, a world beater type quarterback. Then that's going to get paid if that's too much for you. Or don't, even have a half, or even a halfway decent quarterback. Honestly, hundred percent. Like it's it just doesn't work that way. Like it's not not, not everyone's going to hit the jackpot like Seattle did with Geno Smith. Yeah. You know. So let's do something quick here. Let's take. Every team's quarterback that was supposed to probably start at the beginning of the year. And let's see if we would take their quarterback over Kirk Cousins. Perfect. And see, like, where that puts him. Because I think Kirk Cousins is a, is a top-ten quarterback. I think, you I, could, I, I think he's the second-best quarterback in the NFC. Yeah, you could make that argument. So yeah, I'm all for this. I'm gonna 
I'm I'm pulling out a I'm pulling out a word doc and I'm gonna make a, I'm making ten numbers and I wanna see if we can fill these ten numbers with before we finish all the teams then. So where do you want to, where do you wanna start? Wherever you'd like. Shoot it. What uh, Miami Dolphins. All right, let's let's say this like as like kind of not present start, but like starters that were kind of would be at the beginning of the year. Oh, so man. we're going into week one, can we right? Hold this. Can we can we take a break? Like a quick break. I gotta let my dog out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's well, he's flipping out. We'll play a old school commercial uh, that doesn't exist anymore. Looking to get a head start on deer hunting season? Let FML Solutions point you in the right direction. Hi, Alex from Strong Style Media here, letting our listeners know deer season just got a heck of a lot easier. FML Solutions offer a fantastic deer stand that only takes 30 minutes to assemble and disassembles with no tools required. The best part, though, is its ingenious design allows it to double as a cart to haul your trophy back to the truck. FML Solutions is a made-in-the-USA product manufactured right here in Minnesota. Check out FML Solutions on Facebook by searching FML Solutions INC and visit FMLSolutionsInc.com to learn more about this innovative gear stand. Hey yo, it's Sportscast Radio. You need to record a new greeting. Record after the tone. Hit any key when you're done. Ryan Cook and Jordan Jiskra give you the best in sports of the week with real MVPs, spit takes, big news, and obviously those rumors. Strong Style Media is available on iTunes, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, BlogTalkRadio.com. That means anywhere. You a fan of hot takes that make you say this? Join me, Ryan Cook, and my co-host Alex Mello every Monday night right here on Strong Style Media. We'll give you the goods from New Japan Pro Wrestling, WWE, Impact, Ring of Honor, Stardom, All Japan, Lucha Underground, and many, many more. Catch us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Radio TuneIn, Player FM, and now on iHeartRadio. As always, blogtalkradio.com forward slash strong style media as well. And you know, you get us on social media. Hit us up. We got to get back to the ring. It's time for the man. You have the lowest fantasy football winnings I've ever seen. You have earnings dysfunction. I recommend DraftKings. And if you draft the perfect lineup in the free opening weekend contest, the prize is $1 billion. You said a billion dollars? Billion. With a B. This is, this is, this is money. I, I know what that is. Play DraftKings free $100,000 contest week one. And if you draft the perfect lineup, you can win $1 billion. We both are so excited because we're reunited. Yeah, yeah. That's right, baby. We reunited. On the forecast, if you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Hitting it up. I think Elijah is still doing his dirty. 
but we are going to put together that list as we, we talked about and it should be interesting to see how this plays out because once again we got to remember this is before week one so we have to get rid of biases um so we'll get that going elijah gets back in the house i'm looking at my price picks today guys and i'm super confused like why the hell does DeAndre Hopkins not have a yard yet? And I'm like, oh, it's Wednesday. Totally screwed that one up. But, but uh, prize picks, we might we might have to start doing some prize picks every week because you know I just I I had the 19 points for Jeremy Grant. I put the over, got 24. Jalen Brown needed six boards. I took the over, got seven. Such a call. Capella's at 11. He needs 12. We need Mikel Bridges to do a little bit more. But we're excited. We're having fun, y'all. I'm going to get Elijah's ass to do prize picks. Use my promo code. <laughs> oh, man. Sportscast Radio here, y'all. When, when Elijah gets back, we will get uh, get going on this gimmick. He's back, he keeps telling me. But I don't hear him talking. Oh, I thought you had me muted. My fault. Nope. I can just hear Madden, not you. God. This is turning into a disaster. Uber facts, the most unimportant things you'll never need to know. We do not have Uber facts tonight, man. God. No, we're having fun, man. Look, if if there ain't problems, it ain't, it ain't real, right? Okay. All right. So I'm back. My dog started flipping out. Sorry about that, but that shit just happened. So, so what do we got? So we're going to start in the AFC East and just work our way down. Once again, as you said, we got to remember this is before week one. So you got to keep that biasism aside. Well, because too, like, can you really say that you would take Aiden O'Connell? Who I, are they? Are the Raiders starting Aiden O'Connell now? Yep. They already said it tonight. Yep. So are, are you really going to say that you're going to take Aiden O'Connell over Kirk Cousins? I'm not saying Jimmy Garoppolo either. No, but I'm saying, but but I'm saying like, but I'm saying just, or are you going to take Taylor Heineke over? (laughs) Or you wouldn't take, you wouldn't take Ritter over him either, but I'm just saying like, it just works better that way because, yeah, I hear hear you. We got to, that's a good one. We just, we like, like, I I think the first one's the toughest one because how do we ignore the biasism? But Miami Dolphins. Right now, Tua is my MVP. If I had a vote yeah. for the league MVP, it's Tua Tagovailoa right now. This yeah. dude is playing tremendous. Tremendous. He, he is. I still would lean slightly towards Cousins. I mean, that's not a bad. I'll say this though: before the season started, I would take Cousins first. I would yeah, definitely. I feel like... take, but if if you said, I mean, the, the Dolphins right now have fifty more points than the next highest scoring team because of how well Tua is doing. I don't like. I think it all, a lot of it has to do with the offensive scheme they have. Yep. The the weapons they have. I mean, they have yeah. like they're probably the most they're probably the most balanced team. Like in the league, when it comes yeah, to running the ball Hill. and being able to pass, and, and I mean they can run. They can run the ball too. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like they can. They're kind of hamstrung like we are, where we essentially can only pass the ball. 
Yeah, by like, the way, I think uh, I think Cousins has more arm talent. Yeah, I okay. I don't disagree with that. I just it, Tua feels right now going into Week Nine like everybody hoped he was going to be. You know what I mean? If that makes sense? Like he's yeah, he's he's broke out. Um, yeah. But you know, Kevin O'Connell, if you're listening, start playing Cam Akers, please. Start yeah. Cam Akers. Yeah, I think Alexander Madison's kind of hit his shelf life. So we're both going. Or even Ty Chandler. What the? Why can't we get Ty Chandler yeah. on the field? Yeah, give him some reps. Why not? He you had know? a. He had a. He looks. Whenever he gets the ball, he looks super explosive. Yeah, I'm with it. So, okay, so Kirk Cousins. Start the year for sure, and we'll we'll call it a toss up now. But the point of the exercise is start of the year, and that's Kirk Cousins. Uh, Buffalo Bills. I'm taking Josh Allen. Yeah, I take Josh Allen too. Yes. That that Josh he, Allen is one. That's okay. He does do some he does do some head scratching things though, where you're just mm-hmm. like, are you really like you're? Kind, he's kind of, to me. He's kind of he's getting to the point where. He's been in the league long enough that he shouldn't be uh, throwing some of the interceptions that he does and kind of doing some of the stuff that he does. If Pure he talent, didn't have his, his mobility, I wouldn't. I, I think I would take Cousins, but Allen's yeah. mobility is what wins the war for me. Oh, like you pure, said, true pure talent. talent. Yeah. yeah. Um, Aaron Rodgers on the Jets. Ugh. That's a close one. Yeah, I'm taking like. He asked me this a few years ago. I'd probably say Rogers, but I, th- I think I think uh, I think we're looking at a lot different Aaron Rodgers now. Aaron Rodgers is going to keep taking like his snake oil or whatever the stuff he's drinking, his potion. He's going to come back, <laughs> and they're going to win the wild card, and he's going to win a championship. And then he's gonna then he's gonna go into a cave and hibernate. Everyone's gonna be like, "Motherfucker, he did it again." <laughs> I mean that man that that throw that he had to Garrett Wilson in the preseason though that was uh, <laughs> that was pretty sick though. Like I must admit. Yeah, that's why in two leagues I took Garrett Wilson round two. <laughs> I was like, "Oh Dang. no!" <laughs> yeah, he's still scoring, so it's okay. Zach, look. Zach Wilson is a, not a good quarterback, but that kid tries his ass off. Like I, I will never discredit that dude's effort he puts on. Like you, he, I've never seen somebody who, in their face, you can see is trying as hard as they can to not suck. Yeah. <laughs> that kid just tries, and he's not good, and he doesn't win. Oh, I mean, they're four and three, I guess. But he had his best. Did he have his best game of his career? Was it last week or the week before? Last week. Last week they went they won just barely against the Giants, but he like managed well and performed well. I mean, God, speaking of Giants, <laughs> um, and then that Can leaves us with the last that, team. Oh, that team that? is not, that team is almost exactly the same as they were last year, and they beat the Vikings in the playoffs <laughs> Dan, at home. Jones, Daniel Jones got lucky. Danny Dimes. <laughs> That'll never happen again. Um, New England Patriots, last team in the conference or in the division. I'm saying no. Mac uh, Jones. Andy, Mac Jones is supposed to be Kirk Cousins' light, and he's not even like. He's like Kirk Cousins' NES. Like 
there was like, oh, this this guy is like they were kind of comparing him to to cousins, but he's like not even. He definitely <laughs> hasn't lived. He definitely hasn't lived up to the hype. So this next one is going gonna, is gonna to be interesting, especially after the conversation we had two weeks ago when I was in the casino compared to what last week was. <laughs> but I think that's what makes it good. The Baltimore Ravens. The start of the season, I would take. I would have taken Lamar Jackson. I'm still taking Lamar. Yep. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Start of the season. And it, no, it I'm was saying like. Oh, right now. Yeah, I would still. I think I would still like lean towards Lamar. Like right now. We we were praising how he was throwing all over the place and how like are they ever going to give him his due? And then he throws up 157 yards against the Cardinals. <laughs> he took my money on prize picks. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't believe he had that game. I was like, what in the hell? But it's the one. I still, but... man, I don't know, man. I don't know. Their offense is kind of weird. And It seems like they're always injured, too. Yeah. Like, can J.K. Dobbins play a, C- a year? Uh, Obviously not. That's all that man does is get hurt. The dude lives on the side. He's like Anthony Davis, man. He's just <laughs> yeah. AD. What, what did they say? AD stands for always, always dressed. <laughs> <laughs> um, Pittsburgh Steelers, the Kenny Pickett show. Nope. Kirk. Uh, Cleveland Browns with Deshaun Watson. Kirk. Deshaun Watson hasn't like looked. He hasn't. He hasn't been the same since he got suspended. I mean, mm. if you're if we're talking like pre-suspension, Houston Texans Deshaun Watson, then yeah. But this version Deshaun Deshaun Watson, no, might yeah. go down as one of the worst trades ever. Yeah. Um, and then lastly, Joey B and the Bengals. Yeah, I I take Burrow. I agree. I agree with that. But that's I don't think we've said anything that's egregious out of those eight teams either. No. Uh AFC South. This is here's gonna be a tough one. Trevor Lawrence of the Jacksonville Jaguars. I'm that's going tough. I'm going cousins. Just because I'm probably not a, as big of a fan as of Lawrence as you are. For, to I me, for a guy who's for to me for a guy who's been so hyped up, mm-hmm. still kind of like makes a lot of mistakes and thought he was going to be more like ready, you know, as a pro and just not saying he's bad or anything, but I don't know. I still I th- I would take Kirk even over a, a young Trevor Lawrence, I guess. I think call me call me preposterous. No, I think on the short term, I would take Kirk, too. But I think on the long term, I'd go Lawrence. But if it was you got to go win me a, one series or whatever, I think I'd take Kirk, too. Yeah. Even though, I mean, now, if you were to ask me today, it might be a little tougher because Jacksonville is just playing so well. But at the start of the season, you didn't know what they were going to do. So, yes, I would go Kirk as well. Uh, leaves us with uh, the rookie central here. Uh, C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young. Taking either of those I would, over? 
No, not like no. not at this point. Not the not at the beginning of the year, no. And Anthony Richardson. Yes. You would take him just over Kirk. I, just well just cuz like even at the beginning of the year his upside like is huge. Probably one of the biggest upsides in a quarterback I've seen in a long time. And he like before he got injured this year he was playing pretty well. But that, that doesn't count. We're talking before week one. We don't even know if he's starting. They might be starting. I'm saying like I, I'm I'm saying because I knew he was going to start. Like you, mm-hmm. and we all knew he was going to start week one. So yes, I was. He's one of the higher. I'm higher on him probably than a lot of other quarterbacks. So. I would take Anthony Richardson over Cousins. He's going to be the same as Lawrence, I think, for me. Start of the season, no, I'm not taking any rookie over Cousins. Long term, I would take Richardson over Cousins, but... um, Well, if you say it that way, then I guess... Even even stats-wise, like, he he doesn't match up to what Cousins did if you put their games together. No, but... So I, I, yeah, a, I'm taking my my Trevor Lawrence approach, where two three years from now I'm taking Lawrence over Cousins, but at the start of the 22-23 season I'm taking Kirk. Fair enough. Um, so I need to put an asterisk next to that because I'm not on that one. So I got to make sure. So I'm at three, you're at four. Um, Kansas City Chiefs. I I don't even have to ask you. I don't think. Yeah. We're both taking Mahomes. Uh, I'm almost tempted to do the same thing on this one. Chargers. I mean, I, Justin Herbert got to be the guy, right? Yeah. Um, but remember when we all seems, thought uh, something seems the- missing with it. I think he's really good, but something just seems to still be missing from him. I don't know. Like, I think it doesn't help that Eckler's hurt all the time and Mike Williams is hurt all the time and they keep rotating tight ends in and Yes, they drafted an offensive lineman, which is nice, but like it just it it feels like every time this team starts to be a unit, something happens to like something changes. Yeah, like they made the playoffs last year, which no one will, no one remembers. It's which is crazy. Um, we already talked about the Raiders. We're not taking Jimmy G, right? Oh God, I can't even believe that people would. I I was never one to think that Jimmy G was even close to Cousins. Like, I can't believe he's a great game manager. Not even that. Like, do you see, <laughs> you see the throws? You see how many, how off his throws were against uh, Detroit last night or yesterday, last night? Well, he, like, missed Devontae. He threw it into he, the, the seats like four times. <laughs> he missed Devonta Adams like so many times last night. Like I, Adams deserved to spike that helmet. People were like, oh, he's oh, he, he, mad. Bullshit. Bullshit. He should be mad. Like <laughs> there was what? What, what did he should? He should have had like a ninety, like over ninety yard touchdown that Jimmy G just like threw out of bounds. Like, and then that one it was probably like. 
he probably would have had like a 60 some yard touchdown. He was wide open. No one was around him. And he just like overthrew the ball. <laughs> you know what pisses me off about that too? Not trying to turn it into a different topic, but all these people are like, well, Devontae Adams should have stayed in Green Bay if he wasn't going to want to play there. They took his quarterback from him. Are you people yeah. stupid? He let, he went to the Raiders to play with his, his boy, play with Derek Carr, his guy. And then you, they got rid of him. Yeah, both places got rid of his corner. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's, it's just like I said with the, you know, the last thing with the salary caps and quarterbacks. If if you don't understand the reason he went there was to play with Derek Carr, that's why he signed a long-term deal, not knowing they were going to trade Derek Carr, you're an idiot. He deserves to be pissed. They, they promised him all the stuff and took it all away from him, but now he's stuck. Yeah. You know, and if they don't get a Caleb Williams, well, He's going to be probably pretty pissed too. Or, you know, maybe he builds a rapport, does something good with it, Aiden O'Connell. Who knows? You know, I wish the best for him, but <laughs> it's like, come on, guys, have some common sense. Like, just think before people, people don't think. Like, it drives me nuts. Um, uh, one more team left uh, Denver Broncos. I'm taking Kirk. I'm taking Kirk too. Is it crazy to you that Russell Wilson right now is is like the best quarterback in the NFL? No, I Isn't mean, that, like after how bad they, his year was last year, <laughs> and the team's three and five, and everyone he's he is he not in the Kirk Cousins situation where everybody just assumes it's his fault because how bad he was, even though he's like literally the best statistical quarterback this year, and they they just can't they have no defense. Yeah, I I don't like I don't know. I think I still think Cousins is better at this I point, but but I didn't I thought I didn't think Russell Wilson was going to be I didn't think there was a chance that he was going to be as bad as he was last year this year. Mm. I mean, wasn't he dealing with like some injuries and stuff last year too on top of like having a coach who had no idea what was going on and just <laughs> yeah. I, I think mean, it was just a horrible situation and just people got to people got to understand that not quarterbacks a lot of times can only be as good as their situation is you know mm-hmm. people don't understand that so this, this team is 4 points away from allowing the most points in the entire league so I don't think Russell Wilson and his 16 touchdowns and four picks only is uh, is the problem. No. Um, NFC. Move to the second half here. The Philly Eagles. Uh, I don't man. That's a that's a tough one for me. I'm taking Jalen Hurts. Are he? He hasn't been that good this year though. But we don't know like, about the year. Remember the criteria is the start of week one. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I guess no. Jalen Hurts. He he came in as defending NFC champion quarterback. He had an amazing year. I mean, it, everybody and I think the win. I think you're kind of misunderstanding what I was saying by week one. I'm saying like the starter for week one, not necessarily like how well they were playing or what they were what they're doing. I'm just saying like I was saying more like the guy who is going to start week one because again like if we were to take the starters now a lot of guys are injured or just been benched because they haven't been playing good and whatever so that was what I was kind of saying but 
I carry see. on. I understand. See, like in that case, I would take Russell Wilson. Fair enough. Because and and I would have took Tua. I would have took both of them over, over him. Going that route. Um, I guess I could add him to the list for myself. Yeah. Um, but that's still going to put me. That'll put me at nine people, and that puts you at seven. Because um, I don't think we're going to take any other quarterback in the NFC. We can almost even speed through it. Are you taking Dak over him? No. Sam Howell. And that's, again, another guy that, like, is crazy that people are like, oh, Dak is, Dak is way better than Kirk. Like, <laughs> uh, no, I'm not taking Howell. He's, he's like... He's played okay. He, I, I, yeah, he could be. He could be. He could be better on a better team, but I'm still not going to take Howell. Yeah, same. I'm not taking anyone of the Giants. It's not happening. Really? Oh. Not not even Daniel Jones. <laughs> I'm not. Even though the, the dude's winning, okay. I'm not taking Jared Goff on Detroit. Isn't a, isn't Danny isn't a, isn't Daniel Jones paid more than Kirk Cousins now? I think so. <laughs> Weird how that works, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> he's trash. He's 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 ESPN has him ranked as the thirty first thirty one thirty first quarterback. <laughs> Jones signed a four year one hundred and sixty million dollar extension. I'd rather have Tyrod Taylor. <laughs> I'd rather have Tommy DeVito. <laughs> Thanks, <laughs> Greg. From Syracuse? <laughs> <laughs> Give me him instead. No. Um, are you taking golf over him? No. <laughs> are you taking Jared Hall? <laughs> no. Uh, Jordan Love. No. Uh, Justin Fields. No. Desmond Ritter. No. Derek Carr. No. Another Baker guy. Mayfield. Another guy who people were like, oh, he's a lot better. No. <laughs> oh, um, yeah, not taking Baker Mayfield. I said Bryce Young earlier when I was wrong with that. I meant uh, Ryan Tannehill or Will Levis. Oh, no. No. Are you taking Geno? No. Uh, what about Brock? He's so purdy. No. No. Uh, Matt Stafford? Anything the Cardinals produce? No. <laughs> I would have loved if they would have traded for Kyler, though. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> if the Vikings so would have? Yeah, it would have been so hyped. When, when so the, the, when you texted me the Dobbs thing, and I was like, I, that's, I, was, I was talking about it last night when I texted you. I said, um, we were on Xbox, and I said, uh, they're like, oh, I think Murray's playing week nine. And like, oh, we're going to wait a week and play him in week 10. And then we're going to bench Josh Dobbs and we're going to play Clayton, too. And they said that Sunday night or whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I went, oh, shit. Dobbs or Mahomes are getting traded because they just got scratched. Yeah. And everyone's like, what do you mean? I was like, think of it like how when you suddenly see, uh, oh, you know, Patrick Kane of the Chicago Blackhawks isn't dressed tonight. I wonder why he's getting traded to the Rangers. You know, shit like yeah. that. And they're like, what does it happen in football? Because they don't know. So I'm like, you guys are missing the point I'm trying to make right now. And they're like, ah, rah, rah. And then the next day, 
hey, we got Josh Dobbs. You were right. I'm like, yeah, no shit. <laughs> well, no, like, yeah, why would they scratch a, a guy who's been starting for him all year all of a sudden exactly. who, hasn't, who hasn't been who hasn't been bad? No, like, and I mean, they probably just bad. Yeah, and they probably didn't. They probably didn't know that they like Clayton Toon, and they have yeah. Kyler Murray. Yeah, they so, had like, no intention to play. Clayton Toon was the last thing, but I bet you they were like, "We'll listen to we'll listen to a, a discussion on both." Yeah, but no, I think I think they, them. I think they are trying to decide if they want to keep Toon or if they want to like try and. Get rid of Murray. Well, I they think said that's Murray's why playing week ten for sure. Yeah, no, I'm saying that's why I think they got rid of Dobbs is because oh, I see Dobbs, where you're going. Dobbs is the like they just drafted Tune this year, and they want to see if they still want to hold on to Murray. And Dobbs is kind of the expendable guy, and he's played pretty good. So they're probably like a team who needs a quarterback probably will trade us for him. So. So you had seven quarterbacks above Kirk, and I had nine. Which, ding, ding, he's a top ten quarterback. Yeah, in our <laughs> opinion. Yeah, well, I like our opinion, so. You don't get psychic. They don't like anything I'm supposed to do. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not putting a gun in anyone's head. Um, they, they, know, they know this goes if they listen to WrestleCast. <laughs> Um, I we will are, say though, I, I, I do we wish. We're cousins fanboys. Hell yeah, baby! I almost wanna, I almost, uh, I almost wanna get one of the one of our friends of the show, who's a diehard Kirk Cousins supporter as we are, if he wants to come on and give the Kirk Cousins potential eulogy for us. <laughs> Who is that? Uh, <laughs> let, me, let me. Oh, I actually got a DM too. I wonder if it's in there. The Luchadors. What the hell? Well, something. Uh, I got some. I got somebody that that runs a Luchador thing that wants to talk to. Me. Anyway, I'll worry about that later. That's, that's that has nothing to do with what we're doing right now. Well, well, what? what? <laughs> some Luchador um, podcast and TV show, and they were like. This is everything we're doing. If you wanted to get involved with it and talk to us, and I'm like, what? Eric Rowan's in it. <laughs> he says that, not knowing how to. <laughs> is that Lucha Underground? Say, <laughs> so sure you ain't at Target? <laughs> no, it's Walmart. Are you sure you ain't at Walmart? That's fucking. That's hilarious. <laughs> Damn. Uh, let me uh, let me let me find. It. I don't know why his name is is slipping my name, and I don't want to. I don't want to butcher it. Where did he go? Dang, maybe he deleted his Twitter. Whatever, you know, it doesn't matter. It's totally fine. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just, I just, it's it's the same thing where it's like I can't believe people just choose to hate for no reason and. I kind of hope your situation happens and we see him, you know, resurface. It's, you know, but I, I thought the same thing with, with with Teddy. I was like, maybe Teddy will come back then because it'll be cheaper, and then he never came back. No, but his his injury was a lot more catastrophic than Cousins was. But mm-hmm. 
Did you actually did you watch the the replay of when he injured himself? Was it like when he came out of that little scrum and like tried to scramble? No, like when he planted, when he dropped back and planted, like you could see his leg. You could see his like tendon kind of snap and his leg kind of like pop up a little bit. Oh. Like it's like the tendon like as soon as he planted the tendon like rolled up and you could just you could kind of see it as almost like a rubber band snapping. Oh, oh no. Like it, it's it's weird looking. It's not horrifically disgusting or anything. But you could totally tell that his his Achilles tendon like popped. That's why I texted you. That's why when I when I texted you, I was like, I was like, Cousins is done for. I was like, <laughs> oh, it sucks, man. What you know? And we you were on a three game win streak. We had momentum going. Like, I was, I was hyped, man. I thought we were going to start having something happen here, but yeah, just I mean, it still could. Like, I mean, who knows? Our defense has been playing pretty well, and our our schedule is fairly easy, easy or easier than the beginning of the year was. If we can just, if they can just uh, kind of ease Jaron Hall into it, or get Josh Dobbs in there, I mean, they could, they could maybe make the playoffs, or have like a decent seat or have like a decent season where they finish like 500 or something. I just, I don't, this team, I don't know if this team is ready to just fully like bottom out. No. And that's the one thing. It's so hard to ask these guys to really do that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Cause when you start trading away, like all your really good players, people start getting like, temperamental and upset and the losses pile up and then more people want out and it like I'm glad they didn't I'm glad they didn't trade Hunter because yeah who's gonna come in and replace Hunter like I feel like we have a good chance to re-sign him next year too but if you get rid of him who do you have to come in and he's like first or second at league in sacks right now and he's still pretty much in his prime do you, you know? So let me let me ask you this, because obviously I'm going to always be the high point guy on Kyler Murray, right? If we would have had a chance to get Kyler Murray, but we had to maybe give up a little more, would you have been happy or pissed that we got him? I don't know if I would have. I wouldn't have been like pissed, but I don't know how much sense it would have made to me. With because there's, there's we, there's we have under of, contract. Yeah, that's true. So we're so when the values everything goes up, we're not going to have to pay him. He's already getting paid, so that's handled. Yeah. Um, he's still. He's still young enough, I feel like. I also think that 
with how well our offensive line has developed, I think his tools that he has, he could win with this team. But once again, I'm going to be biased. You know what I mean? Yeah. I I understand that. I I admit that. I'm openly admitting that. Because I here is what I had said was if we if so what, let me ask you this because maybe I've missed things. What's the big talk or reasoning why everybody's talking about trading the uh, uh, Hunter? Is he just a contract up? He's not coming back. He said like, well, like because he's he's a free agent. I think after this year, and they can't franchise him anymore. And it's they want they like people that want us to tank want us to trade Hunter because he's probably one of our more tradable assets right now that you you might lose him if you don't trade him. Mm-hmm. But but I feel like they're gonna probably re-sign him. So 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 we're gonna keep and, him. Yeah, and like I think trading him would be signaling the just it's the like the full like it's a rebuild because. Um, you're not Harrison Smith. He's still pretty good, but he doesn't hold much trade value. Mm-hmm. Like KJ Osborne, decent, doesn't hold much trade value. Um, mm-hmm. I just I don't understand the if you're not going to fully rebuild or start all over. I don't understand why you would trade Daniel Hunter. That makes if sense. you get my drift. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. And it was it was one of those things where like I was confused on how to make it work or like like why I would do it, but why I wouldn't do it, yada yada, you know, just everything like that. But I was I had saw something that somebody had said the reason that Kyler Murray got scratched too was because there was offers on the table for both and they didn't know what they wanted to do if they wanted to keep trying to ride Murray. And being there rebuilding as well, the talk that I had saw was Kyler at a fourth for Hunter in a second. I would think about that. I just. Yeah. Because that way, if you're not keeping Daniil Hunter, you, you know, you move him and you're getting a quarterback who's under contract for the next four years, who has an offense around him and who has a lot of the tools that we need, but we have an O-line that can actually, you know, is doing something for once. Now, it's so weird seeing an offensive line on our team that is doing something. Yeah, I don't... I don't know. Like, I don't know if I'm as high on Kyler Murray, but that Daniil that trade that you just said seems like a fair trade. Yeah. I mean, it, it, you know, it gets us our quarterback and we're getting another second round pick. And if he works out beautiful, you know, if he does what he did when they won, when they won that division, fantastic. That works great. So that was just kind of something that I had seen that I was kind of confused. And then, and just kind of see what your head was with that thought. Can you mute me for just a second? Yeah, I this got is, you. 
Okay, I'll be right back. Sounds good. <laughs> throw him on that beauty mute. We're we're at the hour or end of hour number one point as well. Anyway, so I feel like uh, you know, big talk was 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 discussing a lot of the Vikings, uh, especially the Kirk Cousins thing, and that was the main thing we wanted to hammer home about. But I also, um, you know, we were going to talk some NBA and just the frustration of what the Timberwolves are doing and, or excuse me, excuse me, what they're not doing because they're, you know, up 20, losing by 17, you know, things like that that are just frustrating. And after being frustrated already about Kirk Cousins and that situation and, you know, how that that whole scenario is going to end in a way that I know I'm going to get the told you so, and it's just like, it drives you up a wall because you don't know what you're speaking on. Um, so I don't know if I want to go into more negativity, <laughs> if that, that makes sense. I think, I think, I think next week we, we do a big, nice two week jump into the NBA and just everything going on. Um, well, so Elijah's cool with that. Well, I was going to say some, some points I wanted to make too, just quick about the Vikings. And then we should probably talk about some of the free agency stuff, but like, Another reason why I don't know if the Vikings are ready for a all in out rebuild is because their offensive line is starting to come together now. Mm-hmm. Like, and before that was a big problem and they've, their offensive line has been playing a lot better and they've felt confident enough to trade away Ezra Cleveland, who probably was not going to be re-signed because he's a, tackle by trade and he was supposed to play tackle here but he ended up moving to guard and probably doesn't want to play guard anymore and we have Dalton Reisner now and Reisner's been playing he's getting more snaps too he's played a lot yeah better. and O'Connell likes Brandell as a backup and Ed Ingram is playing a lot better since they signed Reisner so Cleveland was probably the odd man out, but I mean, like their offensive line's playing better. Their defense is playing better. The Neals, like I said, first or second in the league in sacks. I yeah, just, I feel like this 10. team only guy with double digits, by the way, I just feel like this team is quite ready to rebuild yet. Even with the loss of Kirk cousins. So. Yeah, I agree. I don't want us to, I don't want to go into Sundays cheering for them to lose. Yeah. It and like I don't know. I just call me crazy, but I just don't ever see tanking as a thing that always works. No, it doesn't always work. You know, I'm just like. Uh. So I don't know. I I know you had mentioned uh, trade deadline stuff, which we didn't get into. Um. Chase Young, does that does that put San Fran as a favorite? If he stays healthy, that's a crazy like defensive line. Like how like how how do you how do you get Bosa and Chase Young God. as your D, as your DNs <laughs> along with who, their other like. We got Fred Warner. 
Yeah, and like their their D tackles and stuff. I their names escape me, but they're they're really good. Like that just that team is stacked. But Chase Young hasn't entirely been able to stay healthy, so that's probably why they were able to get him for only like a mid round pick. But yeah, paper. That's ridiculous. <laughs> My God. Listen to this front seven. Chase Young, Eric Armstead, Javon Hargrave, Nick Bosa, Dre Greenlaw, Fred Warner, and Oren Burks. Behind him, you still Jeez. have Z Winters, Randy Gregory, Javon Kinlaw, Clellan Farrell. <laughs> Dre Greenlaw. Can't, was, it, was it Greenlaw who was supposed to be covering TJ Hawkinson, that dude can't cover though. He's good otherwise, yeah. but he yeah, he's can't cover for shit. Or, or who's who's a linebacker? Oh, that Drake, was supposed to yeah, be Drake Greenlaw. That was the linebacker. Yeah, yeah. Like he's good, but he can't cover for shit. <laughs> yeah, speaking, I'm also starting of, to think that's going to hurt San Fran too. Is I'm starting to think Brock Purdy isn't like the the guy. Yeah, I mean he he did suffer a concussion, probably against the Vikings, and then he somehow cleared concussion protocol six days after he got concussed. <laughs> <laughs> this is almost oh, yeah. like a Tua situation, but not to the extreme <laughs> of Tua. Like I, I don't know. I don't like. I was. I don't think Purdy is amazing, but he's been good. Yeah, and I think. I think his play recently is probably because his head is scrambled and they brought him back like <laughs> way too soon. Cause he's kind of dropped off. A, he's dropped off a cliff. Mm-hmm. So, but I just wanted to also bring up a funny point about the 49ers defensive line. You know, you know, I'm a, I'm a Nick. I just, I can't stand Nick Bosa. Mm-hmm. You know how awesome it was to see Christian Derrissaw dominate him? <laughs> yeah, he was he was owning him. I was out of like it was over thirty snaps. I can't remember the exact number. Joey Bosa had a win like won one of those snaps out of like over thirty snaps. When would we have ever said we have anyone in our offensive line? That could do that to somebody like that. Like, that's why I'm with you and agree about this. All back line. back in the day, team. back in the day, like the Vikings used to be known for having really good offensive lines. But yeah, it seemed but like, like you said, seemed like 15, 20 years ago. Well, even like it just it seemed like it, their offensive line problems kind of started during the Zimmer, Zimmer era. Mm-hmm. Or like kind of in that because I don't, it just seemed like they've every year that they had Adrian Peterson. Adrian Peterson's best years were when they had like Steve Hutchinson and um, Bright McKinney. Bright McKinney and, and I mean even back in the day when like Moss and Culpepper like they had just they probably had the best offensive lines mm-hmm. in the in the period besides the Cowboys back then. But whatever. Um, yeah, so we, we've kind of touched on a couple of the, the trades that, that affect things we're, we're kind of going with. Um, 
I had said when you when you had me mute you for a second, I I'm already like, damn, just, we we just talked negativity with maybe losing our guy. I don't know if it's worth doing double negativity and going into this uh, Timberwolves yet. <laughs> maybe we give him another week. <laughs> I I just want to say that I don't think I've ever seen a team blow more twenty point leads in a, like ever when the Timberwolves. <laughs> Have the past couple of years. That's that's all. That's all I'm gonna say on that. Now, do you want to say? I do want to say I'm excited. I'm excited. I think the Vikings made. Yeah, I mean, it might come to that point. We're kind of getting to the point where we have too many big men, and. A few of them kind of all do the same thing to an extent, and one of them is like a def- like Rudy's defensive guy, rebounder, whatever. But like Towns and Reed and Kyle Anderson, they all kind of and Jaden, Jaden McDaniel's. He's more like he plays more of the three though. Yeah, I'm just saying he's just he's a but he's not a but like, he's not a backcourt guy. No, but like I was I was saying just more of our like big bigs, like mm-hmm. power forwards, centers. I'd rather play Nas Reed than Towns at this yeah. point. Yeah, I'm getting to that point too, and I used to be a huge Towns guy, but mm-hmm. I I feel like I feel like uh Nas Reed plays better with Rudy. And I feel like Rudy's defense and rebounding is probably more important yep. than Towns's shooting because Nas Reed can fill that position of being like the stretch four and shooting and stuff, but Towns can't fill Rudy's role as a shot blocker. It's I mean, soft. Towns is a good Towns is a good rebounder, but I mean, I just I just I don't know where Towns fits anymore. You know what I mean? He 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 doesn't go up and challenge at the rim like he used to. He's he's just he's gotten he's became a superstar, but and he's not a superstar. Yeah, and you know, and it's it sucks because we saw so much potential in him. All Timberwolves fans did, and we're never going to see it happen. You know, and yeah. if it happens somewhere else, so be it. Good for the kid, and I hope it works out. But we need to deal him before he doesn't have value. Yeah. Like, I, and I know people are probably going, he's always going to have value. I get that. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying we need to trade him while we still get a first round pick value. at least. Yeah. Like, yeah. We, dra- we drafted him number one overall. We need to get something for him before it's not worth, not worth it. Yeah. You know, because then at that point, it's the NBA. Just let him run off your contract then. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's. That's why that doesn't work. But and, I, I do. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Oh no, I'm sorry. I keep interrupting you. I'm not like we're not. I'm not used to the flow yet. No, you're <laughs> it's been fine. so long. You're fine, man. I was gonna move on. So if you had something else to point out, go. You know, by all means. Well, this is going back because we didn't address this, but this is going back to the Vikings. I'm glad that they traded for Josh Dobbs. Yeah, I am too. Why not? It shows at least you're trying to still succeed. Yeah. And I feel like he was probably the best option out there for a guy to come in and 
take over in case Jaron Hall looks absolutely terrible. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. who knows? Like, Dobbs has looked pretty decent with a very bad Arizona team, and he's coming onto a team that has better offensive line, more weapons. So, who knows? I mean, he's never really been given a chance except except for really this year, and he's never really been in a situation like this. So, Yeah, I, I just don't see why not trying it. Just give it a whirl. I like it better than trading for a guy like Dalton or oh, James I did, Winston. I, I did not want – the, the big thing I'd heard, because I guess he knew part of a playbook, was they were going to bring uh, bring in Colt McCoy. Oh, yeah, he's – ugh. I don't want that at all. Like, get that shit out of my house. Um, so I think, I think with that being said, since we're, we're in hour number two now, um, and I do want to do this with you because it's a throwback and it's always fun. So at least I can, I, I, we will run one here, uh, for everybody. Cause these are always good, but, uh, so to play a little game, boy. Well, three strikes action coming at you. You won't have any more three sponsors. Strikes. Well, repsports.com, R-E-P-P Sports. Use promo code WrestleCast. Get 15% off your order of protein, pre-workout, fat burner, you name it. They got it all for you. That's what Alex said. He's, he's house now. You're feeling Ugg calling Doug. <laughs> yeah, Elijah, since you're house, you should go on Rep Sports and buy, buy some products. I'm not house. <laughs> I'm not house, God damn it. So for you this week in the uh, three strikes, for those who know three strikes, I will have a top uh, a top ten. And Elijah has three strikes, just like the title says, to guess the correct ones. Um, Elijah, what I bring to, to the table tonight is I want you to name for me the ten franchise Ten franchises at the start of January first of this year. So this is this is going until the end of twenty twenty two. The worst teams in the in the entire league based on win percentage. NFL. All four sports. Uh-huh. Yeah, so uh, out of the four major sports: NBA, NHL, MLB, NFL. What are the ten franchises with the worst win percent? Okay. So as an example, the one that I yeah, took I out that I I'll, I'll I'll use this as the example. The one that I took out was the number 3 team, which was the Seattle Kraken, because this was based okay. off of their first season and they didn't do well, even though the second now season they went to the Western Finals, yeah. So, I didn't think that was fair to leave in there, but that's just what I mean. So, okay. Three strikes to see if you can name the top 10. Okay, for all sports. Yep, all four major sports. It has MLS in this list, but I didn't add those. Cause I, I didn't okay. Say. Yeah. All right, let's see here. I am going to go with a hockey team for my first okay. choice. All right. New York, New York Islanders. Uh, that is incorrect. That is your first strike. 
Let's not forget from 1980 to 1984, they won four straight Stanley Cups with Al Armour as the head coach. Mike Bossy. Okay. Well, I think I'm going to try and stay away from hockey now then. Uh, I'll tell Um, you this, too. There's only one hockey team on the list as well. Okay. Um, That's good thinking because of our lifetime. Oh, I I think I, I'll save I'll save it for later if I have some more room. But I think you just gave me a I think you just gave me a clue. Okay, um, I'm gonna go with the Saints. The Saints. That is your second strike. What? Oh no! The Saints are near the bottom. Just a few teams above them. Houston Texans. Uh, that is number six. They have the, what is it, one, two, three, four, five. They are the fifth worst winning team in the franchise in the history of the four sports. All right. Let's see here. Two strikes, too. Yep. Oh my God, I'm like stumped right now because I'm being put on the spot. Well, you can take the obvious one that you had. My sports knowledge isn't as good as it used to be. <laughs> uh, for NHL, I guess this will be. I'm going to go with the Arizona, the Arizona hockey team. <laughs> Arizona Coyotes. Yeah. I will uh, give that to you because they have the Winnipeg Jets, but the Winnipeg Jets became the. Coyotes, I believe they're basing this off of the Atlanta Thrashers Winnipeg Jets because I see the Coyotes a little bit higher. Uh, but damn it, I don't care. We're going to just give it to you so you stay alive. <laughs> oh, man, I don't want no charity. No, technically, it, it all says Winnipeg Jets, and they were the Arizona Cardinals. So, Arizona okay. Coyotes. So. Slotty never became a Coyote because they traded him the year they left. So, All right. Um, Damn, sorry. So you have two or number three and number six. Jets are hmm. the worst. Texas are the fifth worst. You have one, two, three, four football teams and one, two, three, four basketball teams. No baseball. Basketball teams. Oh my God! I want to say I want to say one that should be obvious for basketball, but I'm not quite sure because they had like a run of eight years where they were where they were decent. <laughs> um, I gotta say it. I'm gonna go with my Timberwolves. They are the least winning franchise in all four sports history. <laughs> <laughs> By by adding <laughs> by adding uh, soccer, the FC Cincinnati team is literally the worst, and it's not even close. God, they are they are almost at a twenty five percent win percentage for their career. The Wolves are no, the Wolves are at like forty. Okay, but but Cincinnati's the ultimate worst, and they're at a. <laughs> They're like a 25. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> Detroit Lions. 
That is your third strike, Elijah. I'm sorry. I knew they were really. I, I've. They were really good, like a long, long time ago, like crazy good, but like in the 30s so and stuff. The tenth, uh, tenth place for the tenth worst franchise is the Nets. Uh, number nine is the Falcons. Eight was the Winnipeg Jets, which you got. Seventh is the Grizzlies. Ah, forgot Sixth. about them. This one I thought you were going to get, the Arizona Cardinals. <laughs> I was going to mention them, but I didn't. Uh, then you got the seventh, which is the – or the sixth – or the fifth the fifth worst uh, winning, which is the Texans. Number four, worst franchise. Clippers going to clip, man, the L.A. Clippers, number four. Uh, number three, the Jacksonville Jaguars. And the team sandwiched between the Jaguars and the Wolves. Uh, second worst all time, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the only team to never win a game in a season. Jeez. Until the Lions did it, because I think the Lions did it, too. Did the Lions do it? And that's when I got Jared Goff? No, Jared Goff was for the Rams. He got drafted oh, by yeah. the Rams. Was it Matt Stafford? Maybe. Yeah, I think it was Matt Stafford. I'm trying to look. 2008, they went 0-16. So it had to have been it had to have been Stafford then. Because who else would they take? Calvin Johnson, maybe. Or two thousand nine, excuse me, two thousand nine. Matt Stafford, yeah. Stafford went one. Jason Smith went two. Tyson oh, Jackson God. three. <laughs> oh shit. Aaron Curry four. What a terrible draft. Mark Sanchez five. Andre Smith, 6th, Darius Hayward, base 7th, and Eugene Monroe, 8th. Oh, man. B.J. Raja was ninth. Michael Crabtree, Aaron Mabin, no Sean Moreno. Then we got Brian Arakpo. I always liked Arakpo. Michael Jenkins, yeah. Brian Cushing, Larry English, 17th overall, Josh Freeman. Crazy man. Throwing balls into the upper deck. This draft is fucking terrible. By the way, speaking of Josh Freeman, remember when the Vikings signed him and start like signed him and started he played him? Tuesday? To, yeah, and he threw fifty passes. <laughs> <laughs> and they were, and he they was, were playing the he was, Detroit too, right? No, uh, it was uh, New York, the Giants. No, but they played in Detroit because the Metrodome collapsed. Okay, or no? I, that? No, wasn't wasn't it uh, at the bank, like where the Gophers play? I thought for sure they played. Or maybe it was maybe it was Ford Field. I don't remember. It was so long ago. I just remember that. Oh no, they played it. They played in MetLife. Okay, I just remember that he threw like fifty passes. Was signed the was signed immediately, then started the <laughs> the next game. Threw 50 passes and threw one into like the crowd, like just threw it up and just threw it in the crowd. And then after that game, he was never seen. After that, he never played another game for the Vikings. Josh Freeman, who had been signed October 7th, was thrust into the lineup for a nationally televised game. 
completed 20 of 53 for 190 and an interception. He had a microscopic passer rating of 40.6, and the Vikings lost 23 to 7 at MetLife. Entering, <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> Minnesota Joe Berger said, We got beat up pretty good. <laughs> Joe Berger. That guy actually turned out to be a pretty good offensive lineman, actually. Underrated, that's for sure. <laughs> All right. So since I suck at so was it, yeah, knowledge. It was, so this was what I was thinking of, but it was it was 2010. The roof of the Metrodome deflated early Sunday morning under the weight of the heaviest snowfall in almost two decades, forcing the, the NFL to move the Vikings and the Giants to Detroit on Monday night. That was 2010. Minnesota received 17.1 inches of snow Friday to Saturday, which was the most since the 1991 Halloween. Yes, that was what I was thinking of. I just, for some reason, because I think we got our ass kicked, I just equate the Josh Allen or the Josh Freeman game to it. (laughs) Oh, okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. But yes, as he said, uh, he he had a he had a valiant effort uh, on playing three strikes. So with that, we will hit him with this, obviously. Oh, fuck, Aaron! As we decide, to close out tonight, bringing you one of our proud, proud children that we had sent off on its own a while ago, and it's coming back. It looks like to see how we're doing. Let's welcome back our our beloved child, Mr. Elijah McNeil. A good effort, Tim Tomasek. Tim, a lot of times we've had you on only once or twice. You've been anxious to get on again. You didn't think it would be in this circumstance. Oh, no. Jeepers, creepers. Not, not at all. Everybody who works doesn't even probably know I'm on. I do uh, work at Chapco. Hello, everybody from Green Bay. I love you, Mom and Dad and everybody. Yeah, I feel like I deserve to come out tonight and give the crowd what they're paying for because some guys seem to be forgetting and thinking that I'm a nice guy. So I am nice, but I'm awful crucial with these hands. One. I don't need chicken, son. I don't need chicken, son. I didn't challenge me with their somewhat tr- primitive skills. They're just as good as dead. No, I'm not a blue, not a blue, it's a good band. We did some good body shots, but uh, core game on 100. I do sit up. In fact, it's Saturday night for Tony Jones. Hey, man, I'm going to go home and break my wife's hip. I ain't had sex with her in a while. She's going to feel the pain. I've been doing this. I ain't been up and fell off. I've been through the Lennox Lewis era, the Nassim Hamid era, the Sugar Shack Mose era, the Austin De La Hoya era, Mark Antonio Burrell. I've been through all the eras, and I still been here. Give me mine. That's a fun ass opening, Elijah. But I like it. <laughs> I forgot what the fuck bitches is that? <laughs> That's not the blow blow. <laughs> it's not the blow blow. Man, Roy it's got a good got time. Through the Lennox Lewis era, the Deceive Men era. Like, I was like, yeah, let's go, baby. Hype me up. All right, now we're playing the real one, Elijah. Here we go. Thank 
getting knocked out. Coming at you live is the standing eight count, and it starts now. Before the first round, I'll make a back down. I'm coming for the ground, and no, we don't back down. I'll beat the track down, screaming like the crowd's gonna react. Wow, pound for pound, I'm the best in this game, man, hands down. The way I stand out, ain't looking for a handout. I'm undisputed, gassed up, and never ran out. I'm underrated, undefeated, and look the that should go hard. Hard, hard. You know, you know what nobody ever told that man to do? Be bold. Nobody ever told him to be bold. Canelo. You know what Canelo should have said to Stallone when he came over there? He should have hit him with this shit. Get the fuck out of here. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> hit him with that shit like he did Agron. Oh, man. That fucking, that fucking guy. <laughs> I, I got one more. I got one more for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I see you outside. Yeah, yeah, man. <laughs> that was when he was oh, like, outside. Yeah, 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 yeah. Fight me outside, huh? <laughs> get the fuck out of here. <laughs> I, I wanted to get the one, but I couldn't get it where he's like, you're a horrible fighter. <laughs> you're a horrible. He's so horrible, then why did you fight him, Canelo? <laughs> Look, I don't agree with his challenges, but shit gave on point. No, shit talking on point. I, I, I gotta give him half credit for that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but my, my my thing is most guys, most guys when a guy calls them out and they're probably not on their level, they call them mm-hmm. out. And they keep bother they keep bothering them. They keep bothering them. Most guys go fine. I'll fight you, and I'll whoop your ass. Like <laughs> like Triple G did to um, Stevenson, baby. Yeah, Triple G like. Kerr Stevenson, kind of not obviously not on his level, but decent fighter, and he just all of a sudden was like, just started calling out Triple G, and Triple G took him up on it because Triple G knew that he would dog baby, or or when uh, Javante Davis beat up on Rolly Romero, like there's and there's others in the past that I can't think of right now, but where they've entertained a guy who's not on their level and the guy just calls them out. So they make them eat their words. And so if Canelo thought Andrade was a horrible fighter, he probably would have fought him and beat him up. But, I, I, I always wish, uh, um, I always wish Donna Stevenson would have fought Kovalev. Yeah, that's what I always wanted. I thought I thought Kovalev was gonna whoop his ass, <laughs> but I was all for it. I just Stevenson was like Adrian Bronner for me. I just don't like him. Yeah, I mean he might have, but uh, uh, Stevenson had game changing knockout power. He was really good, but, like, and that's the other thing that bothers me. He's a good fighter. Yeah. I don't know why that fight never materialized. I don't know why Stevenson never wanted to fight him, but... Maybe I'm crazy. Call me nuts. But I equate it to maybe even more than just he didn't want to fight him. It's 
goes back to the whole Bob Arum, you know, all these different promo- type people that that's why it didn't happen. And yeah. Kovalev, being the smart business guy, just kept talking shit, trying to keep it relevant. Because if you keep it relevant, at least if it happens, people pay attention to it. So, like, I get all that. And then and Stevenson probably knew, like, look, we're not, we're not, we don't want you to ever fight this guy. It's not the best of our cards. Just ignore him. And then he just ignored him. So, like, I get it from both angles. You know, you try to draw one, it doesn't fight, shit happens. Yeah. But I just, I think it's more just because I was a Kovalev guy. It was like when, uh, when, when Curtis Stevens got out of Golovkin, I was like, oh, I want to see Triple G smack this motherfucker around. <laughs> And we got one of the best memes ever with the sitting up ooh, face that he gave. <laughs> it's one of the best ones. That dude hit hard. <laughs> he got up and was like, oh, shit. <laughs> like, yeah, motherfucker. And, you know, and I think it's just as, as old, as long ago as it was, I wish we had more opportunities for the for the for the chances to see the Gotti Ward trilogy type shit, where it's just two guys like, hell yeah, let's do it again, let's bang, let's bang, yeah, you know, which we're never gonna get things like that. I I understand it. Like, I'm I'm not like the the uh, salary cap quarterback Nimrods in the first hour we talked about. Like, I understand why yeah. that's not happen, but could always want it, you know. And yeah, speaking of speaking of wanting it. We got two pretty decent fights that I think we wanted, the people wanted, I think boxing media wanted, and I can comfortably say, and, and uh, you know, the floor will be yours after this because I, I, I'm pretty sure you're going to be in the same boat I am. I just want to hear your take different from what mine is. Uh, we saw Canelo and, Cole, uh, and Crawford come out and kind of announce why they are considered to be as good as they are because, holy shit, they fought – Two guys that people wanted to see in in Errol Spence and uh, Jamel Charlo, and they made them look like minuscule training partners, and they handedly took care of them. In fact, I want to find my notebook with my notes from the Crawford fight that I wanted to say to you <laughs> while, while I'm in here, and I think I got it. Hell yeah, give me one second to uh, tell you what I always wanted to tell you about this fight. Um, so as I scored this thing, um, wow, my handwriting was so bad while I was watching this. So never mind, I'm not going to even attempt to read that and ruin this segment. Uh, but you know, kind of as I, I had said to you, those might have been the best, uh, best like go in and fight a name guy that you need to fight or want to fight to do something and. You walk away looking that dominant, I guess, as I'm done rambling, finally. Yeah. I mean, I wish uh, Canelo would fight somebody who's not that it is like in his weight class that is either not moving up to fight him or he's mm-hmm. not moving up to fight. Like the Benavidez fight is the fight I really want to see. The Charles fight, fight, I thought, had potential to be okay, but it turned out to be a one-sided stinker because Charlo was just like, I'm not going to fight tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to let Canelo 
batter me and not put up any kind of resistance for some reason. So here, here's what I got for you. So I gave Spence the first, and I gave the fifth round a draw, and I gave every other round a bud. Yep. But if I had to give one of the draw, I gave it to Bud. But I put best performance ever I've seen from a boxer against, you know, their contender. When you're putting the two perennial 1-1-As one one as the best performance I've ever seen. Uh, by the end of it, Spence couldn't even talk when they tried to do the interview with him. Um, Bag ass. I'm going to get to that part in a second. Say again. Uh, 87 jabs, which is the most ever landed against Errol Spence. Um, I, I wrote down while I was watching this. Now, I must have been super hyped up on stuff when I was watching this. I said Spence's overall would drop in a video game after this fight. <laughs> um, Probably. I said Spence came, came to the interview looking like Wiz Khalifa, continuously saying, say again, he does not want a rematch in December. Ignore anything he says. Uh, through eight rounds, Bud landed 58% of his power punches. Um, Crawford killed Spence. Um, if Spence wants Canelo, he's going to get dominated. Bud is the first two-division uh, undisputed world champion. And he, he, went, he went 98 for 165 on his power punches for 60% and 185 for 369 overall. Just a remarkable performance. Yeah, that, Crawford. We we had always fight. talked on here. Last thing I got, we'd always talked on here, Elijah, about Bud. You know, is Bud number one? Is he two? Is he three? We wish he would get that fight that we could really solidify him. He got that fight, and as of November first, that's the fighter of the year for me. That's that's my that's my piece. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it was one of the more one of the most dominant performances in like a big title fight of guys who are supposed to be evenly matched like I've ever seen. Um, I didn't think it was going to be, I figured Crawford would win and I figured Crawford would probably end up stopping him, but I didn't think it was going to be just a straight up dog walk. <laughs> Like the first round of the fight, Spence kind of looked like he was the aggressor, and I was like, "Hmm." I was like, "This is going to be interesting because, you know, this is usually how a Crawford fight plays out. He kind of lets the other guy, you know, be the aggressor, and he kind of stays back and analyzes them and kind of gets off to a slow start. But after that first round, when he felt some punches and seemed like he knew that Spence couldn't hurt him. Mm -hmm. He uh, pretty much second round on just took it to him. And yeah, it was nuts. Like people talk about some of the guys that Crawford fought and like saying that they weren't very good, but those guys put up a like mean machine me machine put up a better fight against Crawford than <laughs> Errol Spence did or David Avenesian mm-hmm. put up a better fight 
And I, I think it's because Crawford didn't get off to a slow start this fight. Yeah, he was out yeah. there. To, and I think I, I think this, you know, I, I know a lot of people are saying, oh, well, you know, it was a bigger fight, so he was more energetic and he was ready for it and the challenge, yada, yada. I think it's just one of those things where he's so smart where he usually, you know, he'll wait four, four to six rounds, three to six rounds, and then start going. I think he just was so focused and knew he was going to beat this guy that he goes, I don't need to f- figure him out. I just go, and I'm just going to finish him. Yeah, and he, and I he think was a lot so of it, prepared for the fight. Yeah, I think a lot of it just had to do with a lot of the animosity and talking and stuff too, mm-hmm. to where, like, I only seen him kind of. Oh, Elijah, did you mute yourself? Like when me and Jordan were roasting you on the Xbox and you didn't know you were muted. I think Errol Spence broke into his house. I better I better protect my neck. <laughs> in, case, in case he comes into here too. Um but yeah, it's 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 remarkable when you you know, we're we're talking days and weeks upon end, months, years. Wish Crawford could get a fight. Wish, wish Crawford could get a fight, yada, yada, yada. And then nothing comes of it. And then finally he gets the fight. And he just dismantles this man. Just purely decimates Errol Spence. Spence doesn't want a December rematch. There's not even talks of it happening from what I've seen, and I don't expect it to happen. I think the other thing that people got to give some credit to that goes along with those two fights, and I think is a two-part question, and uh, if Elijah figures out his mic or what's going on, I'm going to text him. Can't hear you. Um, there's one other guy who was in the same type of situation, and that's Naoya anyway. The monster goes in uh, to unify two of the titles in July, and he fights a guy, Stephen Fulton, who a lot of people thought Stephen Fulton was going to beat him. People truly thought. I think Elijah might have. Well, we can we can bring it up to him. Elijah, can, can we you hear, hear me now? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't know what so, happened. It's all good. So the last thing I was gonna, I, I wanted to tie to the two of those guys that I don't think is getting the recognition recognition because he hasn't done the unification yet, um, and his big fight that he had was over the summer. But I don't think people are putting Naoya anyway in that spot that they should after what he did to a guy like Stephen Fulton. Who, if I remember right, didn't you think Fulton could was going to beat him or had a chance to beat him? Yeah, I thought Fulton was going to win. Fulton's a great fighter. Yeah, and you know, he but, held like I thought he held all the all the physical advantages, but he obviously wasn't as as fast as Inoue was, and it, just just not as good. I've always liked Inoue, but I've never like I've wanted to see him in there with the guy that would test his like skill that he I wanted to see him in there with a guy who was thought to be like more skilled than him I guess is what I'm trying to say and a guy you've heard of probably too which helps well I mean not even that but like I've heard of I've heard of Nonito Donaire yeah oh that's true I was just thinking of like you know those like all in fights you know some random guy that no one's ever heard of but he's like, 
those guys he was able to just steamroll with his like speed and power, you know what I mean? But he actually showed way more skill against Fulton. He showed more mm-hmm. skill against the guy he showed more skill against the guy who was thought to be more skilled than he was. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And and that's why and I think this belongs up there with those other two fights. His jab, like his jab was crazy that fight. <laughs> I, like, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know NUA had a jab like that. Like you never seen him have to pull it out. You know yeah, what I mean? He, and just yeah. the way he was able to, the way he was able to keep Fulton kind of like at mid range was is just it was nuts. But what I wanted to say about Crawford before I got cut off was before technical problems is that I just, it just, the Errol Spence fight just shows that he could not get fights with the top guys. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't think, I don't think anyone wanted to fight him. Like, to be honest with you. Nope. We said that same shit too. Go back and go listen to the archives. For anybody doubting Crawford, it ain't his fault. You know, yeah, that's 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 why. Where did it go? Um, where the hell did it go? That's that's where I where this came from when I made this back in the day. The uh, where the damn skit go? I thought it was there. It is this one. Oh fuck, Aaron. That's where that came from. <laughs> Let my boy go. Like he was not give a fuck. You know what I mean? Like, he wasn't what, a fight. like what do you like? How? What do you? Bob Arum would like. It shows you like what what everybody or what I should say what Bob Arum and some other people do all along is okay. So Terrence Crawford wants to fight Manny Pacquiao. Manny Pacquiao wants to fight Terrence Crawford, but Bob Arum's like, oh hell no! Like mm-hmm. you're not gonna you're not gonna fight Terrence Crawford. I'm not gonna let you fight Terrence Crawford. Because he will, he will destroy you at this point. But <laughs> for some reason, Bob Arum was willing to make a Errol Spence Manny Pacquiao fight, and I think the only reason why that fight didn't happen was because Errol Spence got in that car accident. Yeah, like that just that just goes to show you there. And then some other things I was going to say about Crawford too is that. Going into the fight, everyone thought that Spence had this like huge like size and strength advantage, and you know, yeah, Earl Spence fought like at the bigger weight, but Crawford is like a very like a very naturally strong person, and his body he can he can fill out his body, and he's just naturally strong. I mean, there's videos of him online like just walking into a gym jeans and sweatshirt oh what's this 400 pounds i'm gonna deadlift it deadlifting like 400 pounds and he's like a 135 pound guy like <laughs> he's he's naturally strong and he like was uh elite wrestler in high school and stuff so i didn't i was probably one of the few people who didn't think that Spence had a huge advantage in like the size and strength aspect, which he clearly didn't because Crawford looked like he was a lot bigger than Spence on fight night and <laughs> a lot stronger than him. 
But if you go back and you watch Crawford fight Jeff Horn, Jeff Horn is, was essentially a middleweight fighting at at welterweight or whatever, wherever they were fighting at. Like Jeff Horn is a massive dude for that weight class, mm-hmm. and he tried yep. to, he tried he tried to impose his will on Crawford, and Crawford was like throwing him around and and. Like Horn fought Pacquiao, and that's probably the reason why Horn won against Pacquiao is because he was roughing the shit. He was like roughing Pacquiao up and making him look like the smaller guy, even though I don't think he won that fight. But still, like you could see that Pacquiao was getting like roughed up and beat up that fight, even though he probably should have won that fight. But mm-hmm. oh, he got rushed. Yeah, just, yeah, but it's just. Crawford just, he's got it all, man. So, yeah, he's probably one of the more complete fighters I think I've ever seen. Yeah, that's that's awesome, though, man. It's it's so good to see him get it. And you know, I I, I like I said, I bring up I bring up the anyway thing. Do you um do you think uh, where did it go? Um. Obviously, they were, they were trying to set, on, set up for the Morozhan Akhmedaliev, um, and anyway to unify the one one twenty two, but uh, Akhmedaliev ended up getting upset by uh, what's the name? Marlon Tapales, I believe it is. Oh God! Anyway, he's going to kill Tapales. Yeah, so I, it sounds like they're going to set up and do the the uh, um, the, the the unification. But after that's over, do you think that 2024 will start the the ascend of the second man to become a two-division undisputed champion? And, and is Naomi anyway going to be that guy to be that second one? Against Tapales or after Tapales? At, I'm saying after Tapales, he unifies his 122. Is he the yep. next most luck likely person that has a chance to unify in a second division like Crawford did? I mean, I think he's got to try it. I mean, he's a he's a victim of being a small guy. Like he, there's not names out for out there for him to fight. Like Stephen Fulton was the first like big name that he had the chance to fight, and he had to move or a second, I guess, and then you have a but. Like he had to move up to to challenge Fulton, mm-hmm. and he's fighting guys at the smaller weights who like people who don't really know much about boxing think he's just fighting a bunch of like bums or something. But these guys are good fighters. They're just at smaller weight classes that people don't follow. So I think I think Enyue is the type of guy who wants to like better his legacy so I could see him moving up another weight class to try to try and fight somebody with a bigger name. Next I weight just, class to unify he's gotta beat Ray Vargas, Luis Alberto Lopez, and Robesi Ramirez. I think he could beat all those guys. I agree. I I agree. I I think the to me, he's the only active guy right now that it makes sense could actively go to a second division 
and take and, and clean it up like Crawford did. I just don't see anyone else that can. I, I maybe does Devin Haney decide to take try to take that take the one forty? You know, oh, he's, he's Robbie he's, Romero, Prograce, Tiafimo. He's fighting Prograce. So maybe Haney, so Haney could be the next guy that could do it too. Then. Yeah, I, he's there. His fight with Prograce is scheduled. I, it's. I don't know exactly when it's happening, but it's going to be happening soon, I think. So, so that's cool. That's cool. A um, couple other real think, quick questions. I think Haney. I think I, I'm. I'm kind of excited to see Haney fight at a weight where he doesn't look like he's dying to make the weight at the weigh-ins. <laughs> yeah, you can always tell, like, because that dude just hydrates back up. Like that guy looks like his wife is hell for that week or two. Like his, like this. He looks like. Michael Jackson thriller zombie sometimes. <laughs> like his, ah, eyes, his eyes are all sunken in and it's just like <laughs> dude, like you're killing yourself to make this weight. I mean maybe he'll have more maybe he'll have more pop in his punches at this weight. Mm-hmm. And he won't like look like he's like he won't get clipped late in fights and stuff. Who knows? But yeah, it should I think I used to be pretty big on Progray, but I think Devin Haney will probably beat Progray based off Progray's last couple fights. So with Francis Ngannou, uh, arguably getting screwed against Tyson Fury, who won a split decision victory over over Ngannou, uh, which to me says bad things for Fury if he fights Usyk or when he fights Usyk in December. Obviously, this this has to open the door for more MMA guys to want to kind of try to come make some money, I would think. If a guy who showed amazing boxing in my nice, nice, good, slick boxing, especially for an MMA fighter, uh, the way he, he uh, handled Aljamain Sterling, guy that I don't think you're a fan of, uh, Sean O'Malley. Like, he doesn't like, uh, he, no, Sean like. I think Francis Ngannou is the outlier when it comes to that crossover, like boxing, MMA. Like I think Sean O'Malley is a really good striker in MMA, but when he was talking about fighting Tank Davis in a boxing match, I'm like, dude, you would get flatlined by Tank Davis in a boxing match. Sorry. (laughs) Like Tank Davis fights tall guys all the time. And tall guys who are actual boxers and he knocks them out. So like, well, so no. my question wasn't going to be involving tank, but do you think he would have any court of a chance if he went to the ring and fought Ryan Garcia? No, I think that's, I think that's the, the, the very plausible answer. Ryan Garcia is like, there's way too much hand speed for him. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I, oops, sorry. Oh, I wasn't. I just. I wasn't saying anything. I was just saying he has way too much hand speed for Sean O'Malley. And I think too, like you said, with Ngannou being the outlier with it, when you get up to that heavy of of weight, I don't think it matters as much anymore because Ngannou knows how to throw a punch, and that was good enough to. But I mean, he was he was countering Fury like all night. It was nuts, and he like actually showed like that he had a decent jab and. He was countering Fury's like right hands, and he and he's strong enough to not let Fury like bully him around. 
So yeah. I never, I never would have guessed that the fight would have turned out this way because I didn't think Ngannou had nearly as much striking skills he had because in the MMA you see him just throw wild ass punches all the time. <laughs> like, <laughs> like you look at you look at a guy like Ngannou fight in MMA and you're like this guy is wild as shit, and then you see like a striker like. Cyril Gane fight, and you're like, wow, this guy is very technically sound, but then the guy who's like Nganu looks like he has more of like a bar- a boxing repertoire than Deontay Wilder does. <laughs> <laughs> let me let me ask you then on a yes or no. You can tell me yes or no. In December because we know you sick and furious is now happening. Does Joshua sign the contract to fight Wilder or no? Yeah, I think they, I think they do fight. You think he fight? You don't think he ducks him? You think he fights him? I, from my understanding was that, is that Wilder was ducking Joshua. So I is like, there, okay. I don't know. I don't know. Like, it's like one of those situations where, one person says the other thing. One person says another thing. And this guy's ducking me. This guy's ducking me. And like, we'll probably never really know until they actually fight. Mm-hmm. Kind of like Terrence, Craw- kind of like Terrence Crawford and Errol Spence. There are so many people that thought Terrence Crawford was ducking Errol Spence. And, oh, and then there are so many people saying that Spence was ducking Crawford. So I don't know. Like, I don't know who was ducking who, but I kind of feel like this fight has to happen. Like, who else are they gonna? Who else are those two gonna fight? And I think the only reason why I kind of think why why I say that the Joshua role is because of his promoter. Yeah, Eddie Hearn. I think that's like Eddie. Yeah, yeah. I think that's what plays a part in it. Not not even. And I do think Joshua's got a little reserved since being humbled a couple times there, which yeah, I don't think anybody expected, but. This, this is another one of those things where it's a perfect fight to, to go out on your sword because if you do win, you come out the gate looking like the guy who gets the winner of Usyk Fury now. Yeah. So it's one of those where I think it's just it's worth the risk, man. But um, last question I have for you, and then I got then I have a final two quick closing statements. Um, at, I was I was looking at some numbers and some research and stuff like this, and these are two fights I need to go back and watch one rewatch, one I never saw. I don't think I saw, but I could be wrong. But uh, right now, it seems like the clubhouse leaders for fight of the year uh, were both Golden Boy fighters, Jaime Munguia versus Sergei Derevyanchenko, and the Luis Neri versus Azat Hovanesian fight. I don't know if you saw either of those two this year. Uh, no, I did not. I heard uh, the I heard I heard Jaime Mungu, Jaime Munguia like got a kind of escaped again. Like I've I've heard his time is like I've heard he like the fight with Derevyanchenko was good, but he probably shouldn't have been in that close of a fight with Derevyanchenko the way he's kind of hyped up. And I, I heard, like I'm pretty sure his number is someone's going to punch his ticket soon. But, <laughs> so those, I did not watch the... I did not watch that fight. I kind of I don't watch Jaime Munguia very much because. Just pisses me off. Hype jabs, but 
Well, I might try to seek these out if they're worth watching. I'll let you know too if if I think they're on that level. But those right now it says are the the clubhouse favorites. But I ask you, as as you know, I'm a guy who likes the little guys. I've always, for whatever reason I've always been a fan of all the you know the bantamweights and uh, you know all, all that that type of type of stuff because I I love watching 800 punches thrown in two rounds. You know, <laughs> just. It's how I play my boxing games on the Xbox, and that's how I want my fights. But nonetheless, uh, the flyweight division is still just as stacked. Uh, Julio Cesar Martinez has the WBC, while McWilliams Arroyo is the intern for it. Uh, Artem Delakian has the WBA title. We've talked about him, or I've talked about him, uh, you know, since doing this show. But coming up December 16th, WBO champion Jesse Rodriguez. IBF champion Sonny Edwards are going to have a unification fight. To me, this has blinking eyes and violence written all over it. Um, I'm not sure if you're a fan of either of those two or if you've seen either of those uh, Jesse Bam Rodriguez, Sonny Edwards guys, but am I crazy if I think this might be, be the fight of the year, depending what could happen? No, you're not, because, like, they're both really good fighters. Sonny Edward doesn't have much power, but he's, like, a really flashy, like, really skilled guy. Very defensive. And, very good defensively. Yeah. And, like, Bam Rodriguez is kind of one of those guys who can do everything. So, is My thought being the the pressure fighter versus the boxer. Also is what intrigued me, I think, behind it. <laughs> I think so. I think Rodriguez might be, like, I think he might be a little more skilled than, like, your basic pressure fighter. But, mm-hmm. I mean, but, yeah, like, I think he is definitely more aggressive than Sonny Edwards. So, yeah, I think I think it'll be a good fight. Like, I would I would watch it. Um, so that leads me to the final thoughts for the evening. Elijah, thank you so much for doing the full two with me. Uh, glad we did this. I hope we can keep this regularly weekly. <coughs> Hell of a good time doing it. Um, Got to say RIP. Bobby Knight died an hour or two ago, 83 years old. I'm sure it'll be all over ESPN tomorrow. So I don't, I, obviously, we don't have, a, don't have a ton that I can really go off of, but, you know, that's wild to think how, how long that dude was up and running and, He's got a legacy behind him. But and, what's that? Oh, I was gonna say how how long he's up and running and treating kids like shit and terrorizing kids. It <laughs> was wild. Three titles in Indiana. It's crazy. But uh Yeah. Uh this just announced here. Um December sixteenth, Showtime will hold its final boxing show. Yeah, I've seen um, that. And it will be at the Armory in Minneapolis, headlined by a David Morell Jr. title fight. Who is he fighting? No name yet. He wanted David Benavidez. Benavidez obviously said no, and now Benavidez is fighting... Uh, who the hell is Benavidez fighting? I'm, I'm John. Yep. Um... So the list that I've seen, uh, ideal opponents for Morel, Caleb Plant, uh, Yanabek Akman, uh, Alim Kahani, 
Ricardo Rivero, Diego Pacero, Edgar Berlanga, Ali, oh, Emdov, Kevin Sadio, Bektimer, Milikuziev, and Dmitry Bivol. Whoa. That, like, that would be crazy if Morel, like, I think Morel is one of those guys that is, people are kind of seen as a high risk, low reward, because that dude is, he is phenomenal. But crazy to think that he might be fighting Bavol already. Like, yeah, that's that's nuts. I could see some of those other guys, and I think he beats pretty much everybody on that list except for Bavol, just because. Yeah, I like he hasn't done enough yet for me to think that he could beat Bavol, even though I think he's probably one of the more talented. Guys, out, one of the more talented young guys out there in boxing right now, and it's probably going to be if someone will fight him, it's probably going to be time for him to fight a big name pretty quickly mm-hmm. here. Hundred mm-hmm. percent agreed. Uh, you think because this is the final show, so part of the reason this show's happening too. I don't know if you saw this or anyone has read this, but, um, but the uh, this was today. Um, they have officially scrapped um, the December ninth. Showtime pay-per-view that was going to be their last card that has Keith Herman versus Keith Thurman versus uh, Imantis Demononius and Danny he, Garcia versus Arislandi Lara has been canceled. Oh no! What? I didn't even yeah. know that those fights were going to even be. Ha- yep, it was going to be a Showtime pay-per-view card. The thought process was probably being Thurman and Garcia win, and then they would fight one more time. Um, that it said uh, it was also. Also, that day, uh, part of the reason they think they also canceled it is because the zone was running the Devin Haney Regis program match that night. Are they going to? So I wonder if there's going to be someone else to pick it up. I don't know. It was going to be. Then they were talking about doing a Floyd Mayweather Jr. factory exhibition, one of those type of things to try to sell pay per views, but they decided it's not worth it in America. So yeah. They didn't do that. Um, and then they were talking about moving the pay-per-view to the following weekend, which they didn't do. And that in turn led to David Morrell getting to fight in Minneapolis one more time on Showtime. You know what's crazy so, to me, though, is that they actually thought that that's like two pay-per-view worthy fights at this point. Yeah, <laughs> I, would, I would have bootlegged maybe, the fuck out of that maybe, shit. Maybe, <laughs> maybe, that's why, maybe that's why they scrapped it, because they're like, man, this ain't pay-per-view. This ain't pay per view worthy no more. Like Keith Thurman, Keith Thurman, Thurman and Danny Garcia were pay per view fighters like five years ago. <laughs> and you couldn't even make the case that Danny Garcia was never really a pay per view fighter, but whatever. <laughs> Danny Garcia sucked. I, he didn't suck. I, would, I, just didn't like I wouldn't him. go that far. But he just—he no, didn't suck. I just didn't like him. I didn't like him either because he kind of was one of those overrated guys to me like that was good, but was really, really hyped up. So. Who's this big ass? Arslanbek Makhmudov targeting Tyson Fury for a title shot. This dude hit somebody who I don't know who he hit, who's taking a huge bump on the canvas. This guy looks like Isaac Frost from Fight Night. Oh, God. It's just 
Dolph Lundgren's kid in the second Creed movie. He's just this yoked ass dude. Mr. Frogle. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh man, we got, I got to. We have to close with this. I have to tell you something. Guess guess who won tonight? Who? The T Wolves. No way. One ten to eighty nine. No way. <laughs> Fake news. See, and we did shit out of them. They won. And they actually, they actually outscored the Nuggets in the fourth quarter, even though the Nuggets did outscore them by two wow. in the third quarter. But yeah, one ten eighty nine was your That's final cool. at, at at Target Center tonight. You know, I'll say this too: me and Jordan have been doing a lot of prize picks on the nine o'clock games because then we can watch the whole game on Discord. Mm-hmm. And we're watching our second in like four days Sacramento versus Golden State game, which the first one was awesome, and this one is just as good. But man, I am becoming a fan of Domatis Sabonis, man. Yeah, you were just saying that the good. other night. Yeah, this kid is good. He looks he looks a little goofy. He looks like uh the uh the dude that fought John Jones on Sweden. Volkanovski or Gustafson. Gust- like <laughs> well, like a little Russian like Yeah, he's the guy who just got dude. by Makaka. Yeah. Oh, that's good. That's good. Well we'll be back next week, y'all, with some more good stuff. Uh we we gotta get on the horn now and try to get our credentials for that last show i mean we, we can't miss the last show right yeah we might have to do it depending i, mean, I might i might i might just get i don't know if i'll make it because you know my work schedule but we'll have to try at least saturday saturday december 16th you got it right now okay oh and demetrius andron by the way just came out with this quote he said i'm unsure that Canelo's going to fight me after i beat benavidez on the 25th he said he's sure or unsure. He's he's sure that he still won't fight me, even though I'm going to beat Benavides. Well, never well, fight words. <laughs> I like it. Yep. <laughs> All right, y'all. We'll be back with some more good good, and uh, you can catch me at Alex tomorrow night with WrestleCast. Going to talk to the latest Pro Wrestling Noah show, the last All Japan show for the twenty first. And hopefully he doesn't make me talk about NXT Halloween Havoc. Because that shit sucks. (laughs) (laughs) Because tonight they had a tables, ladders, and stairs, or scares match. (laughs) That's how the announcer said it. Oh, God. All right. Tables, ladders, and scares, y'all. On that note, I'm leaving. (laughs) We're out, y'all. We'll catch you next week. See you. Bye.